Thanks for joining us in the spring of 2022 for the Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, Brother Mark Clements is going to guide us through the books of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The nation of Israel, while far from perfect, demonstrates for the Bible student God's high standards for his people, how we fail miserably at meeting those standards, and finding grace in Jesus. So grab your copy of the Adult Study Guide or your Bible and study along with Brother Mark. Today's lesson is entitled, Remembering Israel's Past, from Deuteronomy 4, 33-40. Today's application is, The pupil will gain confidence in the Lord because of his faithfulness, as seen in his bringing Israel out of the wilderness and to Kadesh. Seeking the Context at the beginning of Deuteronomy in my Hebrew Bible, the title at the top of the page reads, Ella Hadevarim, which means, These are the words. Deuteronomy records Moses' final exhortations to Israel. The book begins with Moses recounting their escape from slavery in Egypt by God's mighty hand and reiterating their need for obedience to God who delivered them. Before his sermon began, Moses reminded the reader that, while Kadesh was only an 11-day journey from Mount Sinai, Israel was now in its 40th year since their deliverance from Egypt, Deuteronomy 1, 2, and 3. This painful reminder of Israel's disobedience in the desert set the stage for Moses' final exhortations to Israel before he would finish his leadership. Remembering our past can be painful and joyful at the same time. When I talk with some members of what is known as the boomer generation, I hear stories of long work days and meager pay, but they reminisce with gratitude at God's faithfulness to provide. When I talk with former addicts, I hear stories of painful consequences to addiction, but they are also filled with joy when they recount God's deliverance. When we consider the overarching story of history— God's redemption and restoration of mankind through Christ's work on Calvary is good news because of the devastation of sin's curse on mankind. As Moses concluded his first sermon, he did not urge his listeners to forget their painful past. On the contrary, he pointed their attention to the goodness and glory of God as seen in His grace shown to them despite their failures. This sermon should have encouraged the listeners as they remembered God's goodness on display for the world to see. Why is it so important to remember all God has done for you, your family, and your church? Searching the text. Number one, God displayed glory to his people. Deuteronomy 4, 33-35. Did ever people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of fire, as thou hast heard, and live? Or hath God essayed to go and take him a nation from the midst of another nation by temptations, by signs, and by wonders, and by war, and by a mighty hand, and by a stretched out arm, and by great terrors, according to all that the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? Unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know that the Lord he is God. There is none else beside him. Moses reminded his listeners of their inseparable connection to faithful men who lived long before them. The people who followed Moses' leadership may have been the first generation delivered from slavery in Egypt, but their roots as Jehovah's distinct people went generations deeper than their own. 
The very reason they stood on the brink of entering the land of Canaan is because Jehovah made a covenant with Abraham hundreds of years earlier, promising to give his offspring the land of the Canaanites, Deuteronomy 1, 6-8. Israel had arrived at this place because of God's leadership, not their own doing. Everything they had experienced along the journey was because of the special place Israel held in God's plan for mankind. Foolishly, the older generation of Israelites to whom Moses preached had refused to enter the promised land. They listened to bad advice and caved to their fears instead of faith. Now they would end their time on earth not having entered the land God had promised them. Deuteronomy 1, 19-46 Nevertheless, Israel was God's distinct people. Moses challenged his listeners to consider the fact that no other people group in the world had experienced the mighty hand and glory of God like Israel had. Deuteronomy 4.32 They were alone in their divine adventure on which God had led them. No other people group could claim that the creator of the universe had spoken to them directly and survived. No other nation could recount divine deliverance from enslavement in a foreign land that came about through ten supernatural plagues, the parting of the Red Sea, manna from heaven, or water from rocks. Israel had witnessed the glory of God daily. Moses said, That thou mightest know that the Lord he is God, there is none else beside him. Deuteronomy 4.35 Israel was special because God chose to make them special. They were hand-chosen by God himself so that he could pour out his blessings upon them and through them pour out his blessings upon the world through Jesus Christ. The purpose for all of these special circumstances was for the possibility that the people might come to understand that Jehovah alone is God. God revealed his glory upon his people for his own glory and his people's good. When Paul preached on Mars Hill in Athens, he said something similar, namely, that God had made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their times and dwelling places so that they would seek God and find him, though he is not far from anyone. Acts 17, 26 and 27. God has purpose behind everything he does, and if we are wise... We will seek His glory in all things in order to magnify Him alone in singular worship. How do you observe God's glory in your life today? Number two, God demonstrated love for His people. Deuteronomy 4, 36-39 Out of heaven He made thee to hear His voice that He might instruct thee, and upon earth He showed thee His great fire, and thou heardest His words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved thy fathers, therefore he chose their seed after them and brought thee out in his sight with his mighty power out of Egypt to drive out nations from before thee greater and mightier than thou art, to bring thee in, to give thee their land for an inheritance as it is this day. Know therefore this day and consider it in thine heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath. There is none else." In Genesis, we read about God's creation of everything exactly as he wanted it to be. At the end of each day, he declared that his creation was good. Adam and Eve flourished in the Garden of Eden exactly as God desired, and it must have brought so much joy to his heart to enjoy their presence, 
unencumbered by sin or shame. When Adam sinned and thrust the entire universe under its curse, God already had a plan in place for creation's redemption, as Jesus stood as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world, Revelation 13.8. It was the love of God that motivated him to redeem his creation. God did not throw his creation in the trash and start over. Instead, he sent his son to redeem and restore it. We see the same motivation in his dealing with Israel. What was God's motivation for unveiling his glorious might in rescuing his people? Certainly, God often became frustrated with his people and tested Moses' faith by telling him he would wipe them out and start over. He even told Moses that he could create an entire nation from his family, Numbers 14.12. Of course, God did not wipe out his people because he was motivated by love for them and their forefathers. God's love for Abraham and his seed did not prevent them from enduring difficult days. Abraham left his home for a land he did not know, living a nomadic lifestyle. He and Sarah were forced to trust the Lord to give them a son, even as they were beyond childbearing years. A few generations later, Joseph was sold into slavery in Egypt, and facing a disastrous famine, Jacob and Joseph's brothers escaped to Egypt themselves. Their descendants, the entire Jewish people group, found themselves enslaved in Egypt without a way of escape except by God's mighty hand. The love of the Lord did not preserve his people from hardship, but it was enough to help them demonstrate his glory for the world to see. Once more, God's purpose in demonstrating his love for his people was to convince them and the world that he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Having observed the miraculous love of Jehovah firsthand, Moses expected his listeners to know and consider the sovereignty and singular power of God. God's love, demonstrated for us, compels us to worship Him. How does God's love for you convince you to trust Him with your whole heart? Number three, God demands obedience from His people. Deuteronomy 4:40. Thou shalt keep therefore his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee this day, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee, and that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. In the Hebrew Bible, Deuteronomy 4.40 begins with a very short but very powerful conjunction translated as, Therefore. Moses wrapped up this first sermon with a conclusion that demanded his listeners respond to God's revealed glory and love with obedience. Based upon all the evidence of which Moses reminded the people, a submissive response was warranted. What was the obvious conclusion to Moses' argument? He had proven to his listeners that Jehovah alone is God of heaven and earth, and there is no other God. The Israelites were not just dependent upon a persuasive sermon either. Moses' sermon simply reminded them of what they had experienced firsthand from a faithful God. They knew his power themselves. This is a great reminder that the sermon we hear on Sundays should serve as reminders of the goodness of God we will experience the rest of the week. Knowing then God's glory, power, and love, Moses compelled the people to respond with obedience. They need not worry about God's ability to sustain them into the future since he had already proven himself. They need only to obey. 
Should the people take Moses' message to heart and submit in obedience to Jehovah, blessings would follow. Moses reminded the hearers that as they worshiped and served Jehovah with pure hearts, he would prosper their way, take care of their children, and prolong their days for his glory. Certainly, it made sense for them to heed the message of Moses. God has proven himself faithful, good, strong, and holy. There is no reason any follower of Christ should ever doubt God's identity or ability. Nevertheless, we find ourselves tempted to doubt or to disobey from time to time. It really makes no logical sense for believers to fret about the future, worry about death, or wonder about our survival. God is in complete control. If we would simply take his word seriously and seek to obey his will daily, we will find ourselves confident in the face of uncertainty, knowing he is trustworthy. How does our faithful, heartfelt obedience impact the next generations? Setting the Application Deuteronomy begins with an exhortation from Moses in which he reminded Israel of God's faithfulness despite their faithlessness. He encouraged the people to remember their peculiar place in history, having a personal relationship with the Creator of the universe who interacted with them directly. Jehovah revealed His glory and power to them so often that they even took His miraculous provision of manna from heaven for granted. Not only did God show them His glory, but He also demonstrated to them His love. He cared deeply for His people, and His love for them is what made them lovable. It would be through Israel that God's love for the whole world was demonstrated in the sacrifice of His one and only Son, Jesus. God's loving plan for His people was for the benefit of all creation, which He also loved. John 3.16 What should be the response to these tremendous displays of love and glory? Moses taught that the listener should be compelled to respond by worshipfully obeying everything God commands. Convinced that He loves us, we should know that He will not ask us to do anything that would create evil or cause harm. God is trustworthy. The question is whether we will trust Him enough to obey. Perhaps Moses was becoming nostalgic toward the end of his life, but we are blessed by his retelling of the stories of Israel's journey. They were miraculously delivered from slavery, supernaturally provided for in the desert, and granted victory over their enemies as they journeyed toward the land of Canaan. God loved them well and desired to bless them richly. Moses was not just interested in reminding the doomed generation of God's faithfulness, though. He wanted to see the rich blessings of God poured upon the children of that generation. Their children would be the ones to inherit the promised land. So it was vitally important that the stories of God's faithfulness, love, and glory be passed on to the children. Remember, we do not live only for ourselves and our own blessings. We exist to glorify God by enlarging His kingdom, which is why we must tell the gospel to the generations who come after us. Why should we keep telling the stories of God's glory? Thanks for listening to another lesson on the Adult Study Guide podcast. We will catch you next week for another lesson in this great quarter. Until then, join us daily on our daily devotional blog at www.bogardpress.org.